Welcome to the Strut South Podcast. Today on the show, we do things a little bit different. I have Justin on with me, and we kind of host it together. And we're going to talk to a good friend of ours, Louie Wilson. And he's just another guy. He loves to hunt. He does basically the same thing we do. He's from Georgia, and he gets on some really big deer. And we just kind of talk to him about hunting. We don't really have a topic for this episode, but we just we just talk about hunting and hopefully you guys will enjoy it y'all check us out on all the channels get us on facebook instagram youtube and subscribe to the podcast all right guys welcome to episode 12 today we're going to be talking to louis wilson and i've got justin on here with me today and me and him we're going to kind of host together, and so this is the first time we're bit, we're doing it like this, and uh, so we're going to see how it goes. Hopefully, you guys will like it, but we're going to talk with Louie, and uh, so what's going on, man? Not much, my friends. Not much. I appreciate you guys having me this evening. Uh, we're just sitting here watching it rain right now. I was hoping to be in the woods this evening, but it uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen, so... Uh, Right now, I've got camera equipment and recording equipment scattered across my dining room table, and um, I'm trying to get everything set up for the next two weekends when I go to hunt South Georgia. Awesome. Yeah, this past weekend, I went to the Sportsman's Banquet, which um, Louie Louis actually hosts the Sportsman's Banquet, and um, tell us, just fill us in on the details on that, Louie, and tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Well, thanks. And I appreciate you guys coming this past weekend. We had a really good turnout. So this thing started about six years ago with an idea. Uh, uh, most of the brothers in my church, we all hunt together. And um, our pastor's a hunter, our assistant pastor's a hunter, uh, our chairman of the deacon board's a hunter. We're all hunters. And they, they sort of got me into hunting a few years ago. And then uh, long story longer, we, uh, we talked about trying to do a sportsman's banquet. And, um, so we started, we did it. We just started putting things together, talking to people. Um, we had our very first one at, at the, uh, Powers Crossroads Festival Grounds and it was all outdoors. It was huge. I mean, we had, we had a ton of people there. I'm guessing three or 400 people. Uh, we were selling tickets at that time for a hundred dollars a piece. Wow. And there were, yeah, there were 10 guns then. Um, and then we just had some feedback, and we, we asked a bunch of questions. We went to a bunch of sportsmen's banquets, uh, yada, 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 and just kind of learned. And um, we dropped our ticket prices down to 50. We did five guns, but we do five really high-end guns. Uh, you saw those like a Kimber Ultra Carry, a Browning yeah. X-Bolt. I mean, it's top-of-the-line guns, a couple of ARs. And then uh, for the guys and gals that go to the actual event, uh, we, we gave away some guns there on site. And just so to kind of define that is we normally sell 400 tickets. That's all we sell. That gives everybody a fair shot at winning. And so uh, some of those tickets are sold out of town, et cetera. But a number of people come to the actual event. And so if you're actually on site at the event, we gave a couple of other guns away. Um, we had a couple of sponsors on those guns. And um, uh, so with that being said, we, we, we have a big raffle. Uh, we do a lot of stuff. We gave away uh, three or four d big deer stands. We had some feeders. We had sponsorships from Buck Muscle and some of the other guys. Uh, uh, we had uh, Mossy Oak was there. They, we had gave them some more of their stuff. So they gave away some of their stuff. Um, 
I mean, it just tables full of stuff. We even had uh, a uh, weekend getaway trip to uh, Black's Island down out of Port St. Joe. And uh, so, I mean, it, it's a big deal for us. And for our little small country church, it's a, it's a big fundraiser for us to help out in some of the communities. We do, um, uh, we do two scholarships. We do one for a Heard County student and one for a Coweta County student. Uh, so we give away two scholarships with some of that money uh, and then donate it to other children's uh, ministries and things like that. So, well, that, That's awesome. You don't because you definitely don't find many churches now that will that'll branch out and do that on the sportsman side of things. And for you all to use that to, to better help the community is just awesome in itself. But I just love being there, just being around other hunters and just being in that that environment was just awesome. Well, it, it was a blessing having you guys there, or you there. Um, Ryan had to skip out on us, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll forgive him this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I wish I could have made it. I, um, Justin, Justin was telling me about it, all about it, and uh, he said it was a pretty good time. Said it was. Uh, said he had a blast up there, and uh, I sure hate that I missed it. The only real negative side of it this year it was so darn hot, and uh, that that was a challenge. So. We were all struggling with that, and we're um, we're actually looking at changing some things this coming year. We're actually looking to maybe move it earlier in the season, uh, just before turkey season, uh, when it's a little bit cooler, or moving it to an indoor venue. And so, uh, just just trying to make it a little bit better. Just uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll say, just just don't do it if you want me to come to the next one. Don't do it during turkey season. <laughs> absolutely absolutely understood my friend we are i don't want to do it in turkey season because i'd rather turkey hunt than than uh eat uh but oh yeah <clears throat> and so um i'm i'm a i'd much rather her turkey hunt than about anything yeah. else and uh so we're, we're thinking about doing it earlier um you know it's the challenge for me being a deer hunter having it on a saturday right there in bow season and i've got all these deer on camera that are just calling for me to come shoot them <laughs> so uh and here I am having to have a, a sportsman's banquet, but it was still a, it's still a great time. We get a lot of good friends from out of town come in for it. We have a lot of, of the vendors and guys within our hunting community, um, you know, like Lee Johnson at Unique and the guys at uh, RBO, River Bottom Outdoors, and, um, you know, and, and then you guys and then Mossy Oak and a lot of those guys around, you know, we get a chance to spend some time with each other. We don't see each other during the year much, so it's a good time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it was. I had I had a blast, and um, I've actually I don't I don't know. Uh, I know Scott Parrott runs River Bottom Outdoors. I don't know him mm-hmm. personally, but I have been and shot his 3D course in Franklin, Heard County. And it, we had a blast. I just can't ever get anybody to go back down there with me. So, um, but it, but anyway, it it was hard for me to explain to my wife. I said, "Hey, look, I know it's Saturday. I'm not going to hunt this evening." She's like, "All right, yeah, you're not going to hunt." And I was like, "But." <laughs> Lou Wilson invited me to a sportsman's banquet, so I got, <laughs> so I'm going to that. Well, next time you'll just have to bring her with you and uh, and and back on Scott with Riverbottom. He he was a great guy, phenomenal guy. He actually donated one of the bows. We gave a, a PSC bow away, and um, he donated one of it, one of that, and then he also uh, helped us out with an extremely deep discount on a couple of guns. So, you know, shout out to him for for oh, being yeah. such a an awesome person to help us with that. And he just, he's always been a supporter of our event. He's a big supporter in the hunting community. Um, and, uh, he does a lot of good things with his bow shop and his 3d course. And, and that's probably, uh, somebody we need to pursue in another podcast also, cause I know he's very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I know several of his, uh, his staff shooters that shoot for him, uh, Mike Webb, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Holcomb, Tyler Hale. I know all those guys shoot for them, and they're good. And and Mike's wife, Michelle. So um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think we'll definitely. But anyway, yeah. So I I know I, unfortunately <laughs> we did this podcast after the sportsman's back on it. We couldn't push it. Um, so Louis, let's talk about. You showed me some pictures of some deer that were just absolute giants. Mm-hmm. Like um, I mean, let's just let's let's run down your your kind of preparation what do you do because and, and you've killed some giant deer i know you showed me one deer that like just huge and these are georgia deer mm-hmm. and and just to touch on the podcast guys we we're we're we want to talk to more local guys i mean everybody and their brother talks to people out that hunt the midwest and i'm not saying anything against that but i really want to find out what local hunters are doing and that, that's kind of i mean that, that's the point because be all honest with you, Strut South TV. Everybody don't know Strut South TV. I mean, we're just we're yeah. on Facebook and YouTube, and like we we're just regular guys that work regular jobs, and we just love to hunt. Um, so and and Louie, you're you're an extraordinary guy that kills giant deer in Georgia. So I I want to know. I want to pick your brain, and I just want you to tell me what do, what you what do you do? Like, how do you kill these big deer? Well, I, I appreciate the compliment. I don't, <laughs> I don't consider myself much of a deer hunter, but um, here's what I do uh, to ba- basically break it down is I, I run a business and I treat deer hunting and just about anything else like a business. Um, first of all, I start, I don't, you know, just to kind of paraphrase or kind of give you a set this up is uh, I sell automotive parts. Uh, we have a manufacturing center over in Fairburn and we sell automatic transmissions. Well, it does me no good to sell and market in an area uh, for transmissions that don't that won't buy transmissions. I'm not going to go to a high school and try to sell a high school student transmissions. I'm going to go to an auto parts store that already does the business and try to sell them transmissions. And so right. yeah, I want to I want to pour the gas where the fire is. So I don't really want to go spend a lot of time focusing on hunting areas that, that I don't think are going to produce big deer. So. I told you that to tell you this. Um, I found out looking at the GON magazine what the top counties in the in the state were, um, and I happened to make a connection with someone, a farmer, out of South Georgia, and he has a very, 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 very large farm, well over six thousand acres, and it rolls into two of the top five counties in the state for big deer. So obviously, that's where I'm going to spend a lot of my time and pour the gas on the fire. In addition to, I have some local property here in Heard County um, that I hunt. And then my business partner also has some land in Fulton County that we're slowly but surely trying to, to work into that, into that angle as far as getting some opportunities to hunt there and some industrial parks. But um, back to the South Georgia piece um there's to me there's nothing better to grow big deer than ag fields uh they have a constant supply of nutrition especially in peanuts um and believe it or not some of the biggest deer you see down there in cotton fields um they i don't know what it is about the cotton plant that they like but they sure do eat them and that that's what i was going to ask you is is um i was talking to a guy um, after the banquet, after I talked to you, and he was talking about cotton fields, and he doesn't know why there are such big deer in cotton fields either, but mm-hmm. there are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from South Georgia, and he was telling me he's like, man, they're just giant deer in cotton fields. So mm-hmm. you don't know, you don't know why either. They're just there. Yeah, we see them bedded up in the cotton fields from time to time, 
We see them eating the green leaves, I think, is what they're eating off the cotton plant. Um, and then I noticed, too, around some of these large cotton fields, there's some uh, small water oaks, uh, small type of oak trees. And uh, I see that they uh, frequent those areas, obviously, to eat those small acorns. Um, you know, the benefit that I have of some of this land is just it's unhunted. And that's what's just amazing about it. Some of it's thinned timber that's bordered by um, ag fields. It's, it's when you look at it on maps, if you look at any of the ag fields down in South Georgia, you'll see, you know, tree lines and uh, you'll see ag fields divided up by little small pockets of uh, timber. And um, so that's what we're hunting. Some of those small pockets of timber, some of the tree lines um, and those hunters, you know, there's, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, farmers, they're absolutely adamant that you, that uh, they don't want the deer uh, terrorizing their crops and uh right some of the pictures i showed you were some pretty good deer but um you know we've got at any given time we have, may have nine or ten shooter bucks on camera uh, at any given time wow. and that's just because there's so much agriculture for them and they're they're um they're condensed to such small areas not like in herd county and some of the other counties that we all hunt in you know there's there's timber everywhere and it's thick and they can get in there and hide and, you know, you could have a deer in a hundred yard area and never see him. He just, you know, he'll sit in there and stay in there and just never, never come out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I'll i say this. I, I do agree. I think, I think Southern Georgia is probably a lot more comparable to the Midwest because it's, it's almost the same terrain. And like, if you get in the Northern counties of Georgia, it gets a lot tougher because it's harder to, it's harder to hone in on them. Um, mm -hmm. I know, but, and you, you were saying, you were talking about um, the deer being, you know, having better deer and um, what was it you said? Oh, the you were looking for the, the top counties in the state for producing big deer. Um, I've said this before in another podcast, me and, me and some, I can't remember which one it was, but we were talking about the different states and I was talking about Georgia being a sleeper state and mm -hmm. uh, because even here in this county in, in troop county where me and justin are at um there was a guy a buddy of ours he shot a deer several years ago that was 191 inches of 193 wow. mm -hmm. uh, but it never actually got put into the books because eh, i'm i'm really not sure what all went down with that but <laughs> it, it, um, it, i i think long story <clears throat> short is the the rack the rack actually failed off of yeah, a piece yeah, of yeah. furniture and it, it broke it broke it cracked the skull in half yeah yeah so that 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 deems it that deems it out of the out of the book but it, it was a it was a yeah. giant mm -hmm. georgia has a lot of massive massive deer yeah. um i mean it's it's we're never going to be i don't think we're ever going to be to the quality of an iowa in some of those upper midwest states simply because of their rules and regulations right and uh bag limits and things like that and of course all that ag but um you know south georgia if you can handle the the no sims and the mosquitoes there's some good deer to hunt oh yeah my, hey if you ain't got a thermosale down here just just stay wherever you're at mm -hmm. yeah mosquito i hunted um i hunted last <laughs> week one afternoon last week and i had my thermosale and i was i was hunting uh, I hunt two pieces of property that are uh, adjacent to each other across the road. Both of them are about huntable properties, about 50 acres. And uh saw like 
10 or 12 does. I mean, it's just a bunch of deer, but I literally had to run them off because my thermosel, I didn't have any butane left in the cartridge. And I was just like, oh, I'll tough it out. And I was sitting on the edge of a small creek and the mosquitoes just got so bad. And I, I just sat there and I fought them off. And I was like, I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. I, just, <laughs> I got it. Misery. I got it. Yeah. I got, I got to get out of here. I mean, they, they tore me up, yeah. but, but anyway, so Louie, you, me and you talked in, in, um, in the podcast, if anybody's listening, I'm, I'm like hardcore, I'm like super hardcore about scent control. And you talked about that you did pretty much the same thing I do. So, um, if you want to talk a little bit about the scent control deal and what you do um, to shoot some of these big giant monster deer you shoot down there in South Georgia. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when, when you and I started talking, it was hilarious because it was like, man, I found a new best friend. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, it's uh, I was like, you know, did we just become best friends? Absolutely. You know, we, so we started talking scent control and, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, steal any ideas i can from others to try to it's a lot easier to cheat off somebody's homework instead of invent it yourself oh yeah and so when i saw this whole scent crusher thing start happening um you know i saw what they were doing so i immediately went online and tried to figure out how do i make one of my own i don't want to go out and fork out two or three hundred dollars for something that's still just in theory and so i saw the device that you they use um i found it online i think i bought it off of ebay I bought me a scent lock bag. I ran my little plastic tube through there and, and just copied their idea to make that work. And it works great. Um, and I, then I bought one of the totes from Walmart and, uh, and then you and I got to talk and you did the same thing. So I was yep. like, well, at least I'm doing something right. At least I'm not the only guy out here. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a little uh, obsessed. Um, but then going back to like the uh, older days, I say older days, just a few years ago when Oz- when Ozonics came out, I, I bought an Ozonics. Uh, I bought a couple of them. I used one for my cameraman uh, and then one for me. And, um, and so I used that. Uh, a buddy of mine that, I, that got me into hunting a few years ago down in Merriweather County, um, uh, we call him Beaner. Uh, I won't mention his real name because he might not like it, but uh, um, <laughs> he's buddies with a bunch of hunters around the Noonan area where I live. And um, Beaner got me in, involved and, and took me some land he had in Merriweather. And he used to go to Illinois. And I think he still does from time to time. And he was adamant about scent lock. And he said, hey, listen, if, if you've got to wear scent control, you've got to focus on your scent control with your uh, clothing, with your showering and, 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 and uh, bathing. And he said, I'm just telling you, those big bucks up in Illinois, they're smart. And you're hunting small strips of woods and they're going to scent check you and scent check you and i just got into hunting so i didn't know what the heck he was talking about and then the more i started uh studying and the more i started reading the more i started watching things on tv and uh watching some of the more educational uh uh, information started to learn more about it and i started started scent control with my clothing and everything i keep i wash everything in a separate washer and dryer in the basement i uh i keep all my scent my scent clothes separated in bags for uh light warm weather clothing to medium weather clothing to cold cold weather clothing which they really never get open here in the south um yeah. <clears throat> i keep my <laughs> i keep extra batteries from my ozonics i keep um i even buy the little uh, just to be be uh more efficient in the woods uh the um uh, the arms that the ozonics go on uh, you know i found a place at one of the hunting shows 
uh, one of the trade shows out there and they sell these little arms and I keep every time, everywhere I have a lock on, I keep one of those arms in there to try to uh, speed my, uh, I guess, setup up in the stand. Um, yeah, I, my boots, I bought a, a peat dryer uh, for my boots, my hunting boots. I only wear rubber boots or the uh, scent lock, uh, the um, uh, scent shield boots. And um, I put those on a dryer and it has an ozone uh, generator in the dryer. So it gets all the stink out of my feet. And, um, uh, oh, of course, you're never going to fool the wind. And I don't personally believe that things like Ozonics and Scent Crusher and Scent Lock and spraying down and all those things are going to make me invisible to the deer when I'm, da- when I'm uh, you know, in their scent trail and they're in my scent trail. But I do believe that it's going to give me an extra second or two to draw and shoot. Um, and it just, if all I need is that extra little bit of time, if, if it only, if it gives me two seconds, it's worth it all on a big deer. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that, and that's, um, <laughs> I was listening to, I can't remember, um, the hunting, the, the, I Ryan, the, the podcast I was telling you about the hunting, hunting public. public. No, 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 no. There was another one. Ryan, remember hunting I beast. told you to watch hunting it? beast, the hunting, mm-hmm. the hunting beast. Yeah. And um, he he was talking. He was like he had a whole different spin on the wind stuff. But 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 um, he was talking about the receptors that deer have compared to. So a dog has like two hundred twenty million receptors mm-hmm. in its nose. Mm-hmm. Humans humans have like five million. A deer has like two hundred twenty six million. Plus they have some kind of extra cavity that the uh, we don't we don't really even know what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I think I, I agree with you one hundred percent, Louis. That everything we do no matter no matter what we do if that if if that deer depending on i think it has a lot to do with how pressured he is um a deer can catch a scent of something and say okay i smell it but that level tells me i'm not in danger but if that but i i think and i'm I'm not a wildlife biologist i think if that deer is pressured hard enough and he says i caught a scent of something i don't like it i'm out of here Um, I have, and in fact, I have a piece of property that I've hunted since I was five years old, killed my first deer on it when I was 10 years old. Um, I have a doe there that I believe is, is 10 years old plus, um, just, a just huge. And when, and I, I've seen her in the stand, I've seen her sitting in the ground blind. And when she comes in there, there is, you have one minute or less that, I can I could get a shot. I haven't killed her yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one minute or less. Most of the time, it's about thirty seconds. She'll come in there, um, maybe eating acorns or in a, in a food plot, whichever one. And she'll come in there. She'll eat a little bit. She'll throw her head up, throw her nose back, and leave. Yeah. Like she 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 doesn't throw her tail up. She doesn't blow. I've never heard her blow. She doesn't stomp. She just turns around and like just lopes back off where she came from. Um. So, uh, and, and to be all honest with you, I got more history with her than I do any buck on my property. Well, my, my rule of thumb is if she ever recognizes you're there and she starts blowing, she's got to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and I, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, a couple of Sundays ago, I went in and I, I shot, I went in there and I said, okay, I'm going in here. I need to, I need to kill these two does that are, that are pinpointing my ground blind they wouldn't they wouldn't um 
necessarily spook at it, but every every like five seconds they looked at it. I mean, and they were it, there was no question they were looking at the ground. They said the ground blind is there; it's not supposed to be there. Something's going on, and they just look at it every five seconds, even because because I try to only hunt my spots on good winds and and do everything right. So they would look at it; just they wouldn't smell anything, but they would just keep looking at it. So. I have a stand hung there to hunt a different wind, kind of pretty much about 40 yards from the ground blind. And both those does came in. I shot both of those does just to get them out of the equation to quit mm-hmm. making the other deer so nervous. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what's what I have been told, and the, those deer, if you think about it from your house, if somebody, if I walk into your house without you knowing it, and I start moving stuff around, if I'm wearing a different cologne, whatever, you're going to kind of notice something's different about your house. And those deer know the woods better than anybody out there. And when they see yeah. limbs move, they see something dark up in this tree that wasn't there before. You, you, you've had it happen, I'm sure. Is you're sitting there in a the deer stand, that deer walks in, and boom, there you are. They see this dark spot up in the tree. They start looking at you. Um, like you just mentioned um, before, you know, they, they may not blow or not. There's something different. And they, they know that house better than you do. And once they spot you, they, they, they know something's up. Something's not right. And when they, when they oh, yeah. blow, they got to go. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Because they, every time they come in, they'll be nervous. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. time. I, I, did a, I had to do that. Um, I was actually hunting a deer a couple of years ago, giant deer. He ended up getting shot by the neighboring property. And he was 180 inches. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I catch myself all the time talking about it, but uh, while I was hunting that deer, I had this one doe. She came in. I seen her several different times, and she she never she never blew at me, but I know she could smell me, or at least she knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Actually, she did blow at me one time, but I, when she was blowing at me, I didn't have a shot. And every single day that I saw her, um she would come in and she would just be throwing her head in every direction as fast as she could. I mean, she was almost to the point of freaking out. And, um, at that, and that's when I realized I'm like, yeah, you're, you're going to have to go cause you're a threat. And, uh, I ended up being able to kill her. Um, but I was going to say, I'm, I'm not quite as hardcore as you two are, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> when it comes to, uh, the scent control. But I mean, I believe in it, and I know, I know that it can work. I'm just, I think I'm not as hardcore as just because I'm lazy. And, uh, <laughs> but I really do think, and and oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say was, you were talking about Justin. You said something about the deer had um, another cavity that they really didn't know what it does. But I did. <clears throat> a podcast with uh jason caldwell and he's he runs jns sense i don't know if you've listened to that louie but um yeah anybody use their scent yeah awesome awesome uh anybody that hasn't listened to that one that one's a really good episode um but we were talking about that and there was these people there's this group of guys they did a study um on these on bucks and how they react to um doe urine and they tested it and 
whenever a buck gets enough of an amount of urine into their nasal cavity, um, it has to be a good, a pretty good amount. I don't know how much, but they were literally taking a whole bottle and they were, you know, of course it was tame deer, but they were, you know, they would let them smell it. And every time they'd get a whiff, like they would do that lip curl. And what it is when they do that lip curl, what they're doing is they're taking that scent and they're moving it and sending it into a different part of their brain so that they can analyze it. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, they can determine what doe like laid that scent down and they can determine when she's going to, she don't even have to be in heat yet. They can, they can know in that instant when that doe is going to come into heat. So they might see, they might smell, Oh, that's Lucy over there. She's, she's going to be coming in the heat in three days. So that's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Well, if you think about it from a human perspective, you, you know, your wife wears a certain perfume and my wife may wear, may wear a different perfume. Well, you know, when your wife walks by and you smell a perfume, you know, that's your wife. You know it. I mean, that's just human yeah. nature. And just to think about how easy that is for us to recognize when we put it in that perspective, imagine how the deer, I mean, how much more advanced that deer is. You know, they got that nasal, like he was saying, they got that nasal cavity, but then they got, you know, like a, they have a gland on their forehead. They got the preorbital gland. They've got, the, you know, the tarsal, the metatarsal. They got all these glands that they, they, um, that sec- the secrete, you know, different, uh, pheromones or whatever they call it uh and like you said they can tell which doe is where and what she what stage she's in um yeah i mean and and you how many times have you heard of about a bug in rut getting shot five miles down the road you know they they smell that doe that far away and they start chasing her um you know they, they just they're amazing and you i don't think we'll ever be able to fool their nose you know no, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we, um, we, they talk about it, you know, we got shooting houses that are completely enclosed now and things like that. But one, one thing I was going to say too is, and, and I don't think it, it has a lot to do. I think it has a lot to do with just not necessarily just the wind, but the overall, like all of the weather, the, whatever the pressure is, the, your thermals, your wind and all of that stuff. Um, because like you said, I don't think we'll ever fully be able to be sent free. That's impossible. Right. But an example, uh, me and, uh, Philip, we were hunting, uh, Philip, he's another guy on our, on the strut South team. We hunted one day and we had a doe and a phone come in and they came in behind us and they were directly downwind. <clears throat> well, this doe, she starts blowing. I mean, she, she spots us immediately. And she blows and blows. Finally, she runs off. The very next day, we hunted the same exact stand. The wind was blowing the same exact. Temperature was still exactly the same. Maybe the thermals might have been different. I don't know. But wind blowing the same exact direction. And then that doe and that phone come out the same exact spot. And they don't even smell us. So, so just, let me let me let me add to that just for a second, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I live in a golf course type community in Noonan, 
and we have deer that are so used to human scent, I can literally back up, unload my golf cart uh, from a hunt, back my truck, and they'll stand around my backyard and literally come within reaching distance of me. Um, I've literally tried to feed them corn out of my hand. When they, they're so used to it, maybe, just maybe, that deer smelt you the day before, the few days before, and didn't pose you as a threat. The first day they did because they didn't really know. But then maybe the second or third day they didn't pose you as a threat. So they're a little bit more apt to mingle around if the wind's blowing the same way, things are happening the same way. That's, that's the only reason yeah. I say that is I've seen that. I felt like that's happened to me. I don't have scientific proof, but I have had doe come into my no. food plot and blow. And then two or three days later, come into my food plot, same wind, same everything, and not make a peep and continue to feed through like normal. Uh, yeah. And that, that, I mean, that, no, that, that's 100% correct. And in my <coughs> mind, Lou, because here's what I, here's, you hear guys talk about, oh, my granddaddy, he used to kill deer. He didn't worry about the wind. He just wore a flannel shirt and blue jeans and this and that. And, and, and my thing is, deer, have evolved over time that this is why they've gotten so hard to hunt um when when a deer first smelt an indian or a native american sorry <laughs> edit that out um way back in the day um and, and I, i'm like one quarter cherokee so that's my skin's always dark um <laughs> they they didn't relate they 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 couldn't relate that smell with danger mm-hmm until they started being hunted and they said, okay, Hey, I smell this. When I smell this, my buddy, Bob gets gets shot. Shot. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I need, uh, this, this is not a good smell. I need to leave. Mm-hmm. So, and that's my thing. Um, a lot of guys that, uh, smoke cigarettes. Um, and I, I, I ain't picking on nobody. Uh, I used to smoke, <laughs> I, used to, I used to smoke cigarettes. But my thing is, is, if you hunt a property, a lot of guys will say, but you know, they'll say, oh, man, I was smoking. I had a Marlboro hanging out of my mouth when I shot this one. And I, I would think that 95% of the time, those deer are not downwind. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, if that deer ever associated that cigarette, the smell of that smoke or cigarette with danger, which do, I, don't, I, I really don't think takes much, um, that they would that they associate that smell of smoke with danger. So some guys say, "Man, I had a Marlboro hanging on my mouth and I shot this deer." Well, that's probably because that deer didn't associate that smell with danger. I mean, if he did smell and he was downwind, um, I bet if there was another deer with him, if that deer smelled that cigarette after seeing his buddy get shot and everybody ran off, that and and I might be getting a little too a little too um, in depth. I might be overthinking this a little bit. That's just how I think. Um, going back to scent control, that's just how I think. I think deer can smell something and associate it with danger. Because um, deer smell things that we can't control, like mm-hmm. snot. We, you can't control snot. Mm-hmm. Deer can smell that. Well, I, I believe, I truly believe a deer yeah. has a sixth sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I can tell you for a fact, <laughs> I, well, I mean, not a fact, but I can say this. Um, one, the debate for scent control will never end. It's always going to be a debate. Um, just do the best that we can do to control what we can control. That's my firm belief is I, I want to control what I know I can control. And cleanliness and scent control, yep. I can control some of it. Um, yep. I do know 
I, well, let me back up. I do believe that a mature buck, if he smells a human, he associates with danger because he's been there long yep. enough. You're not going to shoot a mature buck that smells you. Now, a mature doe, uh-huh. an nanny doe, she may, you know, she may bark and, might, and howl and, and do her thing and stomp and scream and blow and whatever, but um, she still may stay there in the food plot because, uh, you know, when a mature buck, and I've seen it happen, mature buck walks in, he smells it, and he's gone. Um, he don't yep. make a noise. He just huffs it. Sometimes he'll blow a little bit on his way out, but he's not going to sit there and scream at you thinking you're danger. And from what I've learned from most great hunters is that most of those mature bucks you never see if they smell you because your scent cone yep. spreads. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll say this and I'll shut up. I, I learned a long time ago that if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room. And so I have yep. listened to these old men talk for years about hunting, listen to the young men, listen to people like you guys, listen to podcasts. There's no such thing as a saturation of information. So the more information that we can share uh, about this kind of stuff and then just just take it for what it is, it's information, and try to uh, see if it helps. You know, the ozonics thing, I, I, I don't know 100% that it works. I feel it does. My big, Well, my second biggest buck on the wall uh, was shot dead downwind from me, and he was trying to figure out what I was. He was curling. He was looking at me, and I shot him. I was waiting for a good shot. And, uh, he was quartering to me and, but he was dead downwind from me. And he was, he literally knew I was there. He knew something was there. He didn't know what. And if, it, if I needed that extra second, I, that was the one time that I really needed an extra second, second and a half to get on him and, uh, and put him down. And I, I, I just believe that if it wasn't for some of the scent control techniques that he would have turned tail and ran. Oh yeah. I agree. 110 percent yeah. and i'm just um actually i'm waiting on my ozonics to get here it'll be it'll be here tomorrow um and we had we had a, a good friend of ours seth hamer he killed his first buck with a bow which was a study i say he was a stud louie and then you're not gonna you're not gonna gawk at, at this number but he said he put a tape on him uh <laughs> yesterday and he was like 124 125 inches right at that pope and young mark that's a big deer which um for your for your first buck with a bow, I mean that's uh, uh, to me, that's to me that's deer. I mean, deer look great, great looking deer, good yeah. deer. Um, Seth Hamer, oh yeah, we call him Hamer Time. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. But but he he just started. He bought the he found the Ozonics on a, on a deal. He got a really good deal on it. He just started using it, and he always talks about how much bad luck he has. Um, and and he used this. He said that deer came out straight downwind. And he was running out of Ozonics. He said in four sets, he saw 17 deer, which is really good for the property that he hunts. Um, Seth has some really good deer on camera, don't get me wrong. Um, but but 17 deer in, in four sets, Seth doesn't get to hunt much. So, um, and, and one of them happened to be that buck, and he, he shot him as a really good deer, like 20 yards. But that was he was running Ozonics the whole – the this year, I, he's been bow hunting several years trying to kill a deer with his bow, and that was – that, trying to kill a buck with his bow, and that was the first buck he's killed some does with it. But that was the first buck he's killed, and this is the first year he's run the Ozonic thing. And and we don't we don't carry any any kind of sponsorship <clears throat> with Ozonics. Just to just to throw that out there, we're just I just some stuff I believe. <laughs> some, <laughs> hey hey, if they have any open positions now, yeah. and they're listening. We're we're. <laughs> I could use an upgrade uh, when those new ones look good. 
we're we're all sure. Yeah. Hey, I, I look at it this um, way. I, I used to do a lot of bass fishing, fished a lot of tournaments back in the day. And I know when I would fish West Point, if I didn't have a great a Gable Green, uh deep we are or a rebel uh plug, I was fishing for second. You know, that was the color on, on Gable Green was the color you fished with on West Point. Talked about it in magazines and things like that. But I was confident also in that bait. I knew that if I was dragging a flat or, a, 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 you know, an underground creek ledge or something like that with that, with that I was going to catch something. I also knew the Carolina rig when it's heat of summer, you know, dragging, dragging the channels, I was going to catch something. I just had so much confidence in that bait that I knew I could catch it. And I don't think there's a fisherman out there that doesn't have some kind of confidence in a particular type of bait. Ozonics is that way with me and hunting. I have a yeah. confidence that I'm going to have some I, – I can make a little bit of a mistake here and there when I have that in the tree. And then I can, when I have my scent clothes on, you know, I, I don't want to make a mistake, but I, I feel comfortable and confident that I'm doing everything that I can do. And it's, it's not going to be because of my scent that I'm not going to see a deer. And I know that sounds foolish to a lot of people, and that, that's part of that whole debate thing, but that's a personal preference to me. If it makes me feel good – and feel more confident, I'm going to do it if I can afford to. Louie, you and I are on the same page as far as scent control so much it ain't even funny. <laughs> if my, I, hope my, I, hope my, I, I hope my wife don't listen to this podcast, but if she found out how much money I'd spent on those uh, scent, scent locks, she'd probably uh, divorce me. <laughs> I understand. You know, <laughs> that's one thing about what makes a great hunter is a very understanding wife. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> My wife is uh, awesome. She's out of town right now and uh, visiting some family in Texas. But if she was home, she'd probably not be so understanding about the mess I have on her dining room table. <laughs> that's, uh, my, and that's that's the thing about mine. You said something about mine coming to the sportsman's banquet. I can. I can, she makes fun of me because I go any. I go anywhere. I mean, anywhere. It doesn't matter. I don't know anybody. I find somebody that wants to talk about hunting mm-hmm. that hunts. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. That's my friend for the rest of the night. I'm the rest of the evening, night, day, yeah. whatever. We're, we're, we're just going. We're, um, actually to be, to be funny, I work out at the gym and I met a guy, um, who's a engineering manager up at a plant in her, in Herd County, actually, at, uh, the plant they have up there. And he's a, he's a big hunter from Michigan. And like all these people I see at the gym when I go in the morning and the one guy that I run into is a hunter. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hang out with them Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually I was telling Justin right before you joined in on with us, uh there's a guy at, at my work right now where where he came in from Texas and they're training us on a new we're doing a we're changing over to a new system and all kind of stuff at work and he's there to train us and stuff. And uh like the very first day that he showed up like uh my boss he was like hey this is you know they introduced us and he's like yeah he hunts and then from then on it was like every time he saw me it was like hey he we'd start talking about hunting and today we were at work and we talked for like 30 minutes about mm-hmm. nothing but hunting and you know it's that time of year too it's it's funny you know it's yeah you, it's a, what's on our mind the whole time this time of year i mean i could literally the world will be caving in around me, but as long as I got my bow and my gun and the season's open and I don't care about politics, I don't care about sports. I know it sounds bad, but you know, I do spend a little time with some college football on Saturdays, but 
I, I don't care if it, if I can get in the woods, I'd rather get in the woods than hunt. I'd rather talk to somebody. I mean, sorry, get in the woods rather than watch football. And I'd rather talk to somebody about hunting than just about anything else. Um, you know, I'm just, that's just the way it is. I, I, I you know, I, only thing I won't miss is church. I feel like I got a dedication there that I, and a commitment there, but, um, you know, everything else, I hate to say it, almost takes second fiddle to, uh, to, uh, hunting right now. And, uh, speak, speaking of, um, of the scent control, kind of back on that real quick, not to try to change, uh, to, to keep rolling on. A no, subject. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Something else yeah. that, I, that I failed to mention that I don't think a lot, enough people take advantage of is scent control on their, on their, um, their entry vehicle into the woods. I don't use anything but a golf cart, period. Um, I don't, I, I just, I know for a fact, <laughs> if I can hear it, the deer can hear it. And I've, I've shot deer and had people come pick me up with their Rangers or their UTV. Um, I've, I can hear, cause I like to get in the woods early and I like to stay late and I can hear the woods moving. I can hear stuff going four wheelers and UTVs and he, deer can hear a lot better than I can. And the scent that comes off of those if you roll your window down going down the highway and you pull up to a stop sign and you can smell the exhaust, I know I can, I can smell the exhaust from the car in front of me because I have an automotive background. I can also tell you if it's running a little bit rich or a little bit lean or if it's a diesel um, <laughs> just because that's my background. But I know that if I can smell that exhaust, a deer can smell it. Um, and they know somebody's in the woods. I mean, they know it. And uh, I try to, I got a golf cart. It's a little lifted golf cart. It's one I built. I don't have the money to go out and buy one of these nice ones, but um, me neither. It's just an old 2002 36 volt easy go, and I've done all the stuff I could to try to quiet it down. If it if it if it one of the uh, bolts start rattling, I'll tighten it up. I can't tighten it up enough. I weld it. Um, you know, I try to get everything on it to where it's as quiet as I can possibly get it. it it's as rough as a cob to ride, but it's quiet. And I and I and I kid you not, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I have run down my deer trail or my, my uh, entrail to one of my stands, leaving the woods at night and followed a coyote out the trail on a golf cart with the, I know I have the green lights and everything. I don't run regular lights. I run green lights, but about 20 yards ahead of me was a coyote. And I tried to get my hunting buddy to shoot him and uh, we couldn't get the gun up enough before he turned off the trail. But if he can't hear me and pay it and notice that it's me, then it, I think I can fool a deer that way too. And the quieter I can be coming into the woods, uh, the less impact I have. The less impact I have on the woods coming in. I truly believe, truly believe, that that is uh, uh, to my advantage at that point. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. I, I wish I wish I had a golf cart. Sigh. Hashtag heartbroke. Um, but I, I want to say one. I wanted to say, I, I mean, I, I really think too, I, I agree 100% with that because not, not just like even you could just throw sin out the window. I mean, to me, I mean, of course the scent is important, but to me, just from the sound of a vehicle, especially a four wheeler, anything, I mean, some, you know, some vehicles, you can get some trucks. They're pretty, they're really quiet, but to me, in my opinion, driving a vehicle through your hunting property, especially a four-wheeler, especially a four-wheeler, is the number one, aside from hogs, I think that's the number two thing 
that's like the worst thing for a piece of property. It's if you want deer and turkeys. But I will say this. <coughs> I will say this, though. In my experience, it is better to run deer off with that loud yes. vehicle. Um, yes. Than it is to just say, okay, I got deer. I got deer out here. It's dark thirty. My wife's gonna beat me up if I don't hurry up and get Mm -hmm. home. I'm gonna get down. I used to. I used to call and catch guys on the way out of the woods. I used to have one spot, and um, it probably about five acres was plant was cut corn, and those deer would be out there every evening. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would just be flooded in that thing, Um, and I would call guys called uh, Peyton who's actually a member of Shrut South he hunted down the road I knew he'd be coming by on his way out and I'm like hey dude on your way out I need you to just uh, ride back here and pull up and like just come pick me up but pull up I was like lights on everything just pull right up to the creek crossing where I come to go to the stand and he would run those deer off and I, I never really had a problem with them because they never knew I was there mm-hmm. Um, I never, yeah, but I do, I do think that I never too. walk into a food plot without a, a food plot without a vehicle. Um, same thing yeah. happened, you know. I, I we were filling feeders last weekend, um, in food plots over in Herd County, and when we pull up, there's deer in the food plot at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is awesome. Um, but uh, you know, my buddy's like, "Hey, do you want to get out and just walk in?" I said, "Heck no, let's drive in. We're gonna push them out. Turkeys everywhere, long beards, hens." Does fawns is a you know wild game safari in our food plot. But <laughs> let's push them out with the golf cart. I'd rather do that than walk in because yeah. I just personally I'm with you. I yeah. feel like that's not a good thing. Yeah, I, I still yeah. I still think they can, like you said, Louie, They can. It, it has an effect on them for sure. But I always think it's better to do that instead of let them see you walking because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, yeah. hey, that guy he he's got on camouflage. Uh, that tree is moving towards me. Up, oh, yep, mm-hmm. he's got a bow. Let me get out of here. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I know, I know deer ain't that. I know deer can't get, don't know what a bow is. I'm just that's mm-hmm. just a uh, a metaphor <laughs> per se. But uh, but they know you're not another animal. I know that. Oh yeah, yeah. yes sir. I I do think I do think it's more. You you can get away with a little bit more and doing that, which I totally agree. You know drive up drive in do whatever you got to do and run them off if you are going to spook them better to spook them with a vehicle but i think my my pet peeve with four-wheelers probably comes from um turkey hunting i think it's a lot worse on a turkey and and this is only if you're going going hunting you know like if you all right let's pull up and you get on your four-wheeler and you drive all through your property and you're like look let's just and you pull right up there and you get off your four-wheeler right there i mean i think that comes more from Mm -hmm. turkeys and and i know i mean i've hunted with people before and they they get on their four-wheeler and they drive their four-wheeler right to the base of the the tree and get off their four-wheeler and climb up in the stand but i just i just have a really big pet peeve for four-wheelers you know <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm with you too i mean i, I like four-wheelers I, I you know i'd love to have a, a, a ranger or some kind of can-am or a pioneer or anything like that makes Me makes too. life a lot easier um yeah but i love my golf cart <laughs> i love it it's cheap uh, you know it, i didn't cost it didn't cost much and it's scent free um you know and 
it just gets me where I need to go and does what I need to do. Now I can't go pull a drag with it or anything like that, but uh, that's what I got my tractor for. But um, you know, this, it, it works and it can haul a deer out. It's hauled a few deer out. It's hauled people. Um, and I, I've spooked deer out with it to get them out of the food plots when I need to, but I don't even get close to my food plot. If I'm hunting a food plot, I don't even get close to it with, when I'm during deer, during deer season. Um, some of the best hunters I know locally, um, and, and you know, they're well known in the community for being great hunters. They walk everywhere, everywhere. Um, they don't even have four wheelers and, uh, and, and rangers and stuff like that. And they shoot more deer than anybody I know in the county, in the counties that we live in. Um, and I just think that, uh, the less impact you can have with vehicles and things like that in the woods, uh, the better off you're going to be. But, you know, the yeah. contrary to that, it's hilarious. In South Georgia, it's the complete opposite. The, you'll, you'll be, you'll see a, a huge John Deere quad tire tractor pulling a thirty foot Hera, and there's a big buck standing down there watching him do it. But if you get out of that tractor and start walking towards him, he's gone. Yep. And hey, and and that's funny. We did a podcast with um, Lewis uh, Backless. Is that how you say? Uh, Lewis's last name Ryan, I think. Backless. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and and he, have you listened to it, Lewis? I think so. Um, y'all, uh, there's so many that I listen to. I, he, I think I remember hearing him. He he hunts deer, and that they pretty much they're they're up in uh, Western New York, and they're killing deer off of horses. Yes, yes. With a boat. The young guy that it's got like a yep. yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, jam up, just a jam up, super nice guy, and, and knows his stuff. And and he said, as long as you're on that horse, that deer is fine, mm-hmm. like you said, with the tractor. He said, but if they get off the horse, if they were to get off the horse, the deer would run. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think and, that was yeah, last week, was same it? Thing. Y'all talk, then, it, uh, it, it, it was, was two like weeks two ago, weeks ago. That was amazing. Think, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, and that, and I, and really, that's my favorite podcast we've done. We've done some podcasts with some great guys mm-hmm. and some some big names that everybody's heard of. Scott Ellis, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ryan, what was the guy, the Buckman? What was his name? Uh, Steve Stoll. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, and, uh, and the biologist. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, Bronson yeah, that was Strickland. A good one. Bronson yeah. Strickland from Mississippi State, and and these are guys that are well known. But to me with uh lewis hunting those deer off horseback it's just, no like who does that the what's yeah. unique is though here here's the the thing it's a podcast it's the social media thing nobody would i would have never known that you could hunt deer off a horse but yeah me, me neither. that information's and, awesome oh yeah and he i mean he he friended me on uh <laughs> he just friended me on facebook and and i grew up um riding horses and then the rodeo lifestyle and stuff and i've grown out of it since then because um the the bull riding thing wasn't paying the bills. I wasn't in the PBR and making you know millions of dollars a year. So um, I wasn't good <laughs> enough. I wasn't good enough to do that. So but but uh, and, and Lewis is he he comes from a rodeo family and they have horses. And he said they ride them every day. And and when he friended me and I, I saw a video of him with a deer and a horse, I'm like, so what's the connection? And then man, I watched his YouTube video. I was like, dude, this is like this is awesome. And that was an awesome picture that he has. Yeah of that deer on the ground. Oh yes. And that's what I was trying yep. to figure out. I said, how, yeah. now, how is this working? Does this guy just horseback into some deer woods and then walk to the deer stand? And then when I listen to the podcast and he's actually hunting from the deer, I mean, from the, from the horse, uh, I'm like, there's no way. And then, 
Yeah, anybody uh, anybody that's listening, y'all can – I mean, you can check out his videos on his YouTube. Yeah, that, that's what uh, I was going to say, Lou. And, yeah. Lou, if you, haven't, if you haven't looked at his YouTube channel, they, they videotape it, and the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the cameraman is on a horse. That's so awesome. And, and sometimes yeah. they're on the same horse. Yeah, I actually – I actually took the episode that me and him did and I put, I used a lot of his footage and I put a video on our YouTube of the, so you can listen to the podcast here and just listen to the audio, or you could go on our YouTube on Strut South TV and watch the video and watch our podcast. And it's got footage of all his, you know, him doing all kind of stuff on a horse. It's pretty awesome. Man, that's neat. I'll have to check that out. And 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 we're not, Lou. We're not. We're not trying to. We're not trying to plug our YouTube channel or anything. We don't make any money. Just so everybody's aware, we don't make. <laughs> we make yeah. absolutely zero dollars out of doing what we do. Um, oh yeah. And you know, and this is kind of backpedaling, but Louie, you went back to scent control, and I want. I want to say one more thing about scent control. We do have have a a um, a sponsor, quote unquote sponsors, and our sponsors don't give us money. They don't give us free merchandise. They're um, that that's not how it works with us because basically we just we're on YouTube and we don't make any money and blah blah blah. I already said all that stuff, but um, I went like I said, I, I got hardcore with with uh, scent crusher, ozone, the ozone stuff, scent lock. I did all that stuff and I started doing this regimen. Shower doesn't matter when I go to the woods. I I rush home from work, take a shower to go to the woods. Um. Daryl Tyler and Louie, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just, I know you do a lot of scent control. You just need to try to th- somehow order some stuff from Daryl and throw it in there. Um, I'm not saying this because Daryl does anything. Really, really, we just, we just, we say we use Daryl's stuff. We got his permission to say we use his stuff because we do. Daryl of 3D Hunt Supply, I had the best year in 25 years of deer hunting that I can remember. <clears throat> scent crusher, ozone, scent lock, 3D hunting supply, cover scent. And it's not a, it's not a scent eliminator, it's cover mm-hmm. scent. Um, and he's got bedding scent, he's got uh, corn scent, white oak acorn scent, and it's, it's really just a cover scent. And they, and they tell you, and actually Ryan hunted with me the other morning, <laughs> And um, I was like, man, I'm out of, I'm out of this bed and scent, dude. I, 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 he's like, well, I got a bottle. I was like, oh, man, can, can, I, can I please, please let me have it? So he, he's like, you can have it. I just want my bottle back because I love his bottles. So that's exactly what you said. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I spray my clothes down with the bed and scent. Uh-huh. And, and, and hey, hey, Justin, that morning in particular – I mean, and, I mean, of course, I sprayed down with white oak, and uh, Justin sprayed down with bedding scent. But he 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 sprays bedding scent on him. <laughs> and, but the bedding scent, it's not it's not like deer urine. It's actually it just smells it just smells like a deer. It's got that deer like, musk smell to it. Man, if and, you, uh, yeah, if you shoot a deer and you smell that deer, <clears> like when you get up to it and you're like touching, you're like, oh, it's a good deer, you know. Yeah. It smells like bedding. So, like it smells just like that, dude. And I spray down yeah. all over. Only thing you got to do, the only thing you got to do, is 
when you're walking in the woods in the dark, because, Louie, you said you like to get in there early. I do, too. You just got to watch your six. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I will say. Especially during the rut. Yeah, just just watch your six. I will say, um, Justin sprayed down with bedding scent. I spray down with white oak, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to down white oak because I love all the scents, and I've seen white oak work a lot, but Justin <laughs> saw deer. I don't know how many you saw. You saw like 15 or something. No, you saw like four or five or six, something like yeah. that, and I didn't see a single deer. Hey, and I and I didn't spray down with bedding scent. I, and you, hey, and you were in a jam-up spot that I hunted all the time last year, right? Yeah. Here. Right in between some, and you said you heard acorns dropping. I hunted there the other morning. Yeah. They were falling like crazy. Um, bed is there's a thick bedding, a creek, and then there's oak. There's <laughs> just an oak ridge, and there's like there's always deer in there. Um, but yeah, I saw six, seven, eight deer. I and I had one little buck actually. So I know everybody does this, but they don't talk about it. But ain't no shame in my game because we ain't getting paid for this no way. I'm sitting on my phone in my ground blind and I'm playing uh, solitaire. And yeah. Been been seeing deer all morning, so I pick my head up and look out the window, and six feet from the blind, there's a little buck standing there, looking in the blind, and I just like <laughs> as soon as I just pick my head, I just freeze, and I'm just like, oh man, this is bad. And he's looking at the blind, and he just walks off. You can't – I mean, no, I don't care what, what wind direction it is. I, I know we need to wrap this thing up. We've been on here for a long time. My wife's going to start getting aggravated. Um, I don't even know if she can't, knows I came back from the store yet. Um, <laughs> but I think within a certain range, deer can smell you anyway. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's just like it's it's just disperses. And a good yeah. a good way is to watch a thermosail. When the smoke comes off the thermosail, you can see it just kind of populate, especially in a ground blind. If you're in a ground blind running thermosail, there's smoke that comes up off the thermosail, you can see and or a vapor rather to repel the mosquitoes. And you can see that stuff just fill the ground blind. Mm-hmm. Um even with a good even with a decent wind and, and that buck just looked right in that ground blind. <clears throat> of course I wear uh, black black shirt, black mask, black hat, black gloves, um, and that deer just didn't even know. But uh, any, I'm I'm a I know it sounds like a product push, but like I said, we have no reason to push anybody's product. Daryl lets us use his logo and say, "Hey, this is what we use." And um, but I, I I'm just I'm a firm believer, and Daryl's not in any stores. Daryl's not in any big big stores and no chain retailers because he chooses not to be. He li- I literally saw a guy asking him, "Hey, you need to pitch this stuff to Bass Pro or whoever," and he was like, eh, "I'm doing all right, like I am now." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was literally his response. Like, I haven't tried to pitch this to anybody because I'm doing okay with what I'm doing now, and I like I ain't yeah. worried about it. But, but his uh, the testimonials from Facebook from people that he has nothing to do with that are just, just buy his product. Like they, they speak for themselves. And I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to sound like a product pitcher cause I'm not, I'm just, I just wish more people would see it like that. Cause that, that stuff is just, it just blows my mind. Um, anyway. Yeah, I do. I do want to ask, um, I have one more thing I want to talk about before we start wrapping this up. Um, uh, 
Go, go ahead, Justin. No, I was just going to say, Louie, this is all you. This is your podcast. I don't mean to be butting in. No, man. I, oh. hey, I'm, I'm just, I was listening to you guys. I wasn't expecting to be, talking, to be able to talk too much. I just wanted to listen. But I, I appreciate um, it. Yeah. I, I, I do want to ask, and this is just me kind of – I think this – hold on one second. I don't have to edit that out. I'm trying to get situated. <laughs> um, this is just me kind of being – selfish more or less i mean i don't know if anybody else has this thought process or this question but louie you hunt um do you you hunt primarily south georgia right uh, south georgia and west georgia okay so yeah i mean you hunting the same you hunting in the same neck of the woods mm-hmm. as we are um and we don't we don't really get down to south georgia that much i mean i hunt I've got some family members kind of South Georgia, like around um, Butler, mm-hmm. Georgia. If you know I where do, that's Taylor at. County. Um, yeah, that's right. And they're in Taylor County. And uh, speaking of that, um, I actually, the last trip I took down there, y'all were talking about cotton. I know that's a long way back in the episode here, but <laughs> uh, I saw a big, a, a nice deer uh, last time I went down there, and he was standing in the cotton yeah. field. Um, but. <sighs> We hunt. See me and me and Justin have talked about this several different times, or I've I've said this to Justin. Um, I have a property, and I want you to just kind of tell me if you see this at the different places that you hunt. I have a property that I hunt. It's five minutes, like literally five minutes from my house. Um, the same places that Justin hunts, which is you know fifteen minutes down the road pretty much the same it's the same area same region of deer and they all shed their velvet at the same time every year usually right right when bow season starts or right before bow season comes in um now i hunted this property for a couple for two or three years in um herd county and actually some of it was at the north end of troop county now those deer they shed their velvet like two weeks later than the deer did on the south end of the county. And I don't know why that was, but, and and it also, it seemed to correlate, it seemed to correlate with the rut because the deer on the north end where they shed their velvet two weeks later, they came into rut two weeks later. And see here where I'm at and where Justin is, it seems like the rut is always, you know, first, second, third week of November. But that other, that other property, the rut was basically first week of December. And I don't know, I don't know if that, I don't know if deer shedding their velvet relates to when they start rutting. I mean, I know that's not the main reason. I know it's daylight hours is what makes the rut start. But I've always been really curious as to why does one herd of deer shed velvet later than another herd of deer? And I just don't, I know that's a very long winded explanation, long winded question, but have you ever seen different areas that you've hunted? Like bucks shed their velvet at different times? The short answer is yes. Um, The long answer is, I look at it like 
I, I relate everything to human beings. Um, when I think about deer, deer uh, behavior, I look back at how the humans behave because we're all animals <laughs> ultimately. And um, yeah, <clears throat> when I look at a different family, you know, why does your family eat dinner at six o'clock and my family eats dinner at eight? You know, why, why do you, why do you shower in the morning and I shower in the evenings? Um, and, and, and your family is raised that way. Why are you guys Georgia fans and I'm an Auburn fan and some other guy out there who doesn't really have a lot of sense is an Alabama fan. Um, sorry. <laughs> but, um, Roll yeah. tight. <laughs> uh, I hope you got all your teeth. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I'm not. Hey, I'm not. A, I'm not an Alabama. And, and I apologize to all the the, uh, the Alabama fans out there. Uh, God bless you. But um, <laughs> so I look at it like this: in the deer down in the South Georgia properties, um, they 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 seem to rut just a little bit earlier um, than what we see up here in Heard County. The Heard County property is so unique. It's, it's odd. Um, it's it just, we have deer rutting in early in November. And I mean full-blown rut. You know, you have the chasing and all that other stuff. But the full-blown rut, I mean the peak height of the activity, you'll have a pocket that's early November, pocket that's mid-November, pocket that's late November. And we've seen them, I mean, I've seen them cruising hard and heavy and you know, going into that second rut late in later in December around Christmas time, um, and then we of course yeah. our season ends in January. Um, my herd county property, the deer drop the velvet real early. It seems like, um, and I don't see any deer with any velvet basically the second week of bow season. Um, the South Georgia property, you know, I was in there the first week of bow season, and I was hunting a specific deer. Uh, on a, one of these specific tracks that was in velvet. But then the the day I go to hunt him, the day before, uh, he's he's clean as a whistle. No blood, no nothing. He's, his, his antlers are completely clean. And just three days earlier, four days earlier, I, I believe it maybe him two days early on camera, he's in full velvet. So he rubbed it off literally in two days. Um, so I, I think it's just the pockets of deer that you're hunting are a little bit different here and there. Um, I think the strand of deer, uh, you know, the herd County deer, the West Georgia deer seem to be more like an Alabama deer. They, they, they go later in the season. I may be wrong on that. And people may want to, may de- want to debate that at some point. I'll be happy to talk about it. I just want to learn. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong or indifferent. I just, that's just what I see. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I'm not trying to just say this as a bragging fact, but I see a lot of deer. Uh, the guy I hunt with, down in South Georgia, he's from here. He, uh, he and I are, are real good friends, and um, we see a lot of deer in South Georgia. A lot of deer every time we go. It's nothing to see, you know, uh, m- m- you know, deer uh, num- numbers of deer. The same in Heard County. Now, the one of the food plots I sit in, I may see seven or eight deer, nine, ten deer a night, uh, every night uh, that I'm in it. But then my other spot over there that I try to hunt, and I've got a shooting house in, I may not see but three or four. Um, and the, the, and the and it's just odd because I'm really kind of hunting the same piece of property and the same deer. It's just where they are and how they act and behave. And they're just different. And um, I know that may have not answered the question, but you know, it, it they're, no, di- no, they're different good. pods. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I'll say this. The one thing that I see, too, that we <clears throat> haven't really talked about, and I'm not trying to change the subject, but I think it's very, very important, um, is the moon phase. I was not a believer in the moon phase, just like I wasn't a believer in scent control. But getting back to the hardcore Louis, um, I look at, look at everything like a business. And I believe that you can't manage what you can't measure in business. You know, you have to, it's all about the numbers and it's simple math and math doesn't lie. At least it's not supposed to be not supposed to lie, but I, I look at last year and I kept a chart. I literally kept an Excel spreadsheet with the moon phases and the time when the moon was overhead, moon was on their foot, the sun's overhead, sun's underfoot, uh, the, you know, d- depending on what the moon itself was, uh, where, to, you know, it's a waning or a waxing moon, um, new moon, full moon. And when I look at the deer movement and calculated the deer movement along with the wind direction and along with the temperature, and I mark it on my little spreadsheet. And there are certain times when that moon phase hits a certain area that I saw measurably more deer than I saw on others. And the wind would be the same. The predominant wind would be in effect. The weather would be about the same. It's South Georgia. It's hot, hot, and hotter. You know, it's, <clears throat> it was the same thing. But on a full moon, like everybody talks about, you'll see more deer during the day. We're, we're crazy if we're not hunting during the day on a full moon because we substantially saw deer. And by the way, I use trail cameras too, too. Not just deer, not just stand sets. But I see so many more deer in certain times of the moon than I do on others. And there's no way that when you see that month after month after month after month from September through January, as long as my cameras were out there. And then also this past year, I did it during the summer uh, where I kept cameras out almost year round. And it's the same thing every single month. So if I know that I have an opportunity to hunt and I know that the moon is right, and I've got the right wind, I feel very confident that I'm going to see a deer. I may not see the shooter that I want or shooters, but I'm going to see a, a, a measurably increased amount of deer. And that's something that maybe I don't think a lot of people talk about. And then one day when we get some, when I get a chance, I'll, uh, I'll share with you guys that, that thing that I put together and um, let you guys see it. And maybe you guys can track this year and next year off season and see if you see any difference and maybe we put our heads together. Maybe we actually have something, but I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing. The oh, difference yeah. I see. And, and that's something Louie, maybe <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about off a podcast. You can explain to me this mood and faith mm-hmm. thing so I, so I can get a hardcore and go, go hardcore on something mm-hmm. else. What? Um, <laughs> but, but I've really always wondered about the main thing. I know we need to wrap this thing up because we've been on here for a long time, but, um, Definitely something I'd like to look into. Um, I, I will. That, that was that was a great point to hit. Yeah, I will say this. I think the moon, and I, I kind of, I haven't studied this enough for me to say, yeah, that's true. But I do believe they do move more during the full moon, and um, that's one thing. I look. I listen to the juries a lot. Jury outdoors. And I don't think there's any person on this planet. If they are, nobody just just nobody knows about them. But there's not another person on this planet that's killing bigger deer more consistently than Mark Jury. Absolutely I really, correct. I mean that Joker. 
it seems like every year it kills a 200 inch deer <laughs> but and if you ask him uh, about his opinion on the barometer on how barometric pressure affects him he'll share it every yeah. time and, and that's something else yeah. that i try to track is the barometer is it a rising yeah. and falling barometer what are the what you know where yeah. is it sitting um right and and his his um his view on the moon is you get a full moon I think it's the five days before a full moon is better for evening sits mm-hmm. and a a the five days after the full moon is better for morning morning sits correct that that holds true with and, the measurements uh, that I'm running and it and my stuff yeah. may be overkill I'm sure it is overkill I just love to do it I love no, to do it no such no such thing as overkill when it comes to deer. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love to do it. I enjoy it. I oh. just think it's intriguing. Well, I, and and I, I'm a strong believer in data. Being in the automotive industry myself, I'm data. Data has proven me wrong time and time again. If 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 it says that if you take data for a certain amount of time and it says that this is happening, then mm-hmm. that that's what it is. I mean that there's there's no way around it. So yeah. I'm a, definitely a firm believer in the data. So, yeah, that spreadsheet, Louie, I know there are a lot of people that probably don't come up to you and say, hey, let me see your uh, <laughs> your moon phase, your moon phase deer movement Excel spreadsheet. But I would love to see that data. That's no problem. It's it's free information. I know that they, um, on TV, uh, some of these hunting shows, um, they, they advertise, the Deer Society advertises a little round card that you can rotate in a, it's a little moon face tool, yeah. and that's where I got the yeah. idea from. And um, you got to buy it. I think it's just a few dollars, but you buy it. I thought it would be a waste of money, but I said, heck, 15 bucks or whatever it costs to buy it. If it's a waste of money, so what? You know, that's a, two bags of corn. <laughs> and, uh, um, <laughs> and so uh, that's where I got the idea. And then I just started trying to figure out how do they determine that information, and I stole a bunch of it off the Internet um, and some moon guide charts and started putting my own charts together. Uh, as close as I could and accurate as I could to Georgia, to the area I live in. And, um, you know, just started kind of messing around with it. And, and again, weather channel, internet information, put together a spreadsheet, started measuring it and seeing how many deer I see. Um, and I just go by deer movements. All I go by the, the game cards and things like, I mean, the, uh, uh, yeah, the game cameras and the SD cards I pull off and just try to measure it the best I can. And, I believe that you you, you can't, you know, you, you you can't measure a feeling, uh, but you can dog dog on sure measure data. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I, I really like to you know to keep a hold of that. And you know, but yeah, well, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I think I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Unless <coughs> y'all got anything else you want to think we need to touch on or nothing for whatever you guys think. Not unless we I just want to kill some deer. Going to sleep. Yeah kill some big deer that's that's what kill some big deer on camera yeah louie, louie thank you <laughs> very right. much for taking time out i know this has been a long podcast thank you very much for for getting on here and taking time to to be on here with us i thoroughly enjoyed it um you touched on a lot of stuff that that we had talked about and you touched on a lot of stuff that we hadn't talked about and it, it was just it was it's great it, it was a just a, a great conversation Thank you, guys. I appreciate the hospitality. I agree. All right. Well, Louie, we appreciate you, man.